We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Walton right back into your life. Casual Friday. Talking Buffalo podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm your host, Patrick Moran. Thank you, as always, for locking in. Audio side, video side. My man, Gio Yurden, Maintenance Day podcast. What's up? By the way, as we're so we're taping this Thursday around lunchish time. I don't even know if you know this because it's just came down the wire. Breaking news of sorts, I guess. Fitzy, man. Ryan Fitzpatrick. 17 years. It feels like he's been in the NFL for 70,000 years, but it feels like he's played for every team in the NFL like four times. But anyway, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick just announced his retirement. 17 years, nine teams, including four with the Buffalo Bills. What's going on, dude? How you doing? Doing good. Doing good. It's, uh, it, it's, it's, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I don't, in a, in a weird space, but it's a it's a good it's a good space. It's a weird good space. I I'll, I'll take that. Just, you know, take it and run with it. When when the good days are good, you run with it, man. Yeah, I was gonna say we got to take our W's any way we can get them, man. Right. Um, you know what? Before we get into uh, talking about today's topics, and we're gonna talk about Josh Allen in the match. We're gonna talk some hockey. Talk some Jordan Poyer slash Rachel Bush. Then we're gonna do our. Our starting five draft this week is just best duels, which could be pretty much anything. Anyway, we're both Yankee fans, and we never talk about them on this podcast. Other than I remember before the season, I talked about them a little bit. And quite frankly, I didn't think they were going to be very good. I mean, it is still early. It's early June, literally, or the beginning of June. But, yo, dude, our squad's kind of kicking ass right now. As we take this today, 34 and 15, they have a... 0.694 0.694 winning percentage, first in the entire major league, man. Are you surprised? I I am quite obviously because I picked them to finish fourth in the AL East this year. I'm I'm really surprised. I'm really it's it's the pitching that's that's really held up for them so far. I mean, the hitting's been excellent. It's last year they're hitting into a thousand double plays, and it was really sure. frustrating to watch. I mean, like incredibly frustrating to watch them play last year because they just kept leaving guys in base and killing rallies and all sorts of crap like that. But, um, but like Aaron judge has been a monster. The pitching has been great. I mean, it's, it's a lot of stuff where it's, you know, I'm sitting around knocking on wood all over the apartment saying like, all right, keep this going. And it's nice. more than like, Garrett Cole. It's been great too. Yeah. Like, it's, it's all, all the stuff's been good. The defense has been solid. Like everything that was wrong about him last year has been right. I thought their pitching beyond Garrett Cole, their starting pitching was going to be borderline atrocious this year. And, Look, the story's not even Gary Cole right now. Jameson Talon's been excellent. Hector, yeah. Hector, he's becoming a, like, it's becoming must-see when, when he pitches, man. It's just, uh, I don't know. I'm just kind of, I'm just blown away pleasantly. And, you know, I'm things a, could turn. I mean, the AL East is tough, so. Yeah. I, uh, I'm i loving Nestor Cortez Jr. Holy cow. It's awesome. It, it's must-see What TV. a story he's been, man. Like, he, they, they had him. They, they lost him, I think, in, like, the Rule 5 draft. And then whoever picked him up didn't keep him, so he went back to the he went back to the Yankees, and you know now here he is, he's killing it. Like this dude, he's got the wacky delivery. He throws it like from three different angles. He you know he does like to does like some of the weird stuff to keep guys honest on base and yeah. throwing guys timing off. Like it's just he's it's wild, and he's got the great stash too. So you know, <laughs> staying with staying within the facial hair rules of the team and looking good, you know, he does. It, it's fun, man. It's fun to watch him play right now and. uh 
lot going on with sports. Obviously, the NBA Finals is uh, starting. We're taping this again Thursday, so the NBA Finals start tonight. Uh, hockey's, the, the, the conference finals already are well ramped up. We'll get to that in a minute. I want to start, of course, this is Buffalo. Anytime Josh Allen does anything, it is news. <laughs> um, yesterday or Wednesday, we, we got treated to watching the match. Of course, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes took on Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers in a, in a golf exhibition. And it, it was fun. It's continuing that tradition. By the way, before we even talk about that, isn't it incredible how the NFL just takes over everything? I mean, this match thing originally turned out to be Tiger versus Phil. That was the originally how it was. And then Bryson Chambo and Kupka got into it. And now it's become, you know, Brady was in it with Peyton Manning, but they were paired with professionals. This year, it's just four active NFL quarterbacks taking over. It's like there is no offseason in the NFL, at least in terms of headlines. You know, you get free agency, the draft, the schedule release. Now, even then, when you get to the dead of June where there's nothing going on before camp, now they get the match. And that was hyped up. And I'm sure the ratings are going to be really good. It was pretty cool, man. I don't know. What were your thoughts on it? I I didn't watch one second of it. Oh, come on. <laughs> I you know what? I listen. If I'm gonna watch for dudes <laughs> play golf and, and face off against each other, bring back the old skins game, man. You know, like true. Make it make it interesting. Get get your four best pros and have them duke it out for money on on every hole. Like put some pressure on everything. Instead, it's just it's just four dudes going out for going out for a round and throwing some, you know, throwing some money on the table, I guess. Like it's I don't know. I'll I, I I, I listen. I, I am. This is where I very much show my colors as not a Buffalo fan, not a Buffalo Bills fan, certainly. But like, I just, I just, man, call me in August when training camp, or call me in July or August when training camp opens up, and then we can really dig into the football stuff because this stuff, I get out of here. I just don't care. I'll say this it's, much. I, I know that makes me like a like a sourpuss about this, but I just, nah. I, I can't be asked to care. No, nah. let me. I'll say this much. When you have golfing is fun when you oh, yeah. golf and if you golf with other people who aren't good or if you're not good, that's fine. But when you watch golf on TV, that's not high level golf. It doesn't make for good TV. If that makes any sense, you know what I'm saying? Like you go out there, you can hack up the course with it's you, your buddies and whatever. You're going to have a good time, whether you're good or not, or whether your friends are good or not. But if you're watching other people play and they're not really that good, mm-hmm. it's uh, it doesn't make for compelling TV. I'll say this. I mean, these are obviously four of the very biggest names in football. Arguably, not arguably, the greatest quarterback in NFL history is playing Aaron Rodgers. One, you know, what's he won? Like three MVPs now. So yeah. the name recognition is there. The star power is there. And there were some moments here and there. I did, obviously, I, I did watch it. But I'll, I'll say this. The golf itself. Like if you're a golf fan and you want to see really good golf shots, it wasn't good. And Josh Allen specifically, look, it's a good thing he's a uh, you know an emerging ascending quarterback right now. Because any look, he's he's a much better golfer than you or I, and probably the average Tom Dick or Harry that hits the golf course. But on national TV, playing at Win Golf Club, Josh Allen, dude, he wasn't good, man. <laughs> of the four, of the four. That played at least in golf, and I don't, I don't know how much I've never we've never really talked about golf before. I don't know how much you golf. Um, it, it's a humbling game. I don't care if you're good or bad. I don't, no matter how good you are, you're going to go out there in some days, and you're just not going to have it, and you don't play good. Golf will humble the shit out of you. Mm-hmm. Golf humbled Josh Allen on Wednesday night because he was horrible at quite frankly for a, a lot of it. He was really bad. He hit water on one drive. Uh, he hit a fan on another which actually hit the nice. fan and bounced and took a crazy bounce and ended up on the green, which was oh, pretty perfect. cool. But yeah, J- Josh, he, I don't know. He admitted he was nervous in a press conference uh, at OTAs this earlier this week. And it showed dude on the golf. He might not have no nerves on the football field, even though he admits he throws up before every single game, which I did not know that until recently. He admitted that he throws up literally before every single game, but the nerves were going on the golf course. And anyway, you could kind of tell. It's uh yeah, I listen to it. <laughs> asking asking people out of their element to perform on national television is it's asking a lot, man. Like and you're hundred percent right. Like golf is golf will put you in a dark place sometimes yeah. when you're out there. If you ain't if you ain't got it, man, you're just gonna be down about everything. Like at least 
whenever I've played, and I haven't played in a while because my shoulders held together by hopes and dreams for now, like getting that fixed soon, thankfully. But yeah, um, but like you can have you could be you're hoping when you go and play that you can do one thing well, like whether it's teeing off or hitting from the fairway or putting or chipping. Like if you can do one of those things well during the day, you can at least lean on that and be like, at least get me into this position where I can do this one thing really well. And if you're able to do that, like you can take some pride in that and be like, well, at least I teed off here. At least I was putting. At least I was chipping well. Like everything else will will make you so mad. Like everything else will just get you so pissed off about what you're doing. And then the because golf is an individual thing. Like it's not you know it's not really a team thing at all unless you're you know teaming up scores or whatever. But like, but you get in your own head so much thinking like, well, what did I do wrong here? I got to do this and change you know because it's everything from the grip to the way you stand, where your hands are. You know how you're swinging, like the you know how far back you swing, how quick you're coming through. All this stuff is what you need to be able to hit a perfect shot, and it's so hard to hit one absolutely spot on perfect when you're not, when you're not even like a semi pro. Like if you're just a regular old duffer like the rest of us, it can be a slog sometimes. It, like, it really I, can. I, me playing eighteen, like I don't, I don't know that I ever played a full 18 in a day. It was always nine because I was always going to shoot some gross score that would have looked great for 18 <laughs> holes, but like, it's, I know shot that at nine. Like, uh, Josh is not a bad golfer. I mean, I think he's like a, an eight handicap. It's just nerves and TV and expectation. Now let's be fair. We're not going to sit here and, uh, you know, we're not going to break down an exhibition golf match for fun and for charity like like it was game seven of uh, the Eastern Conference Finals or, you know, a Bills Patriots playoff game. We're not going to yeah. sit there and, and break it down like that. It was thank, fun at goodness. the end of the day. Yeah, thank goodness. <laughs> but, yeah, he just uh, – he was a little bit all over the place but didn't stop him from talking some shit. I mean, there were some cool moments. He had a go- – yeah. his, his golf ball had a, a picture of Tom Brady's combine photo when he had no shirt on and – just didn't look like an athlete. And there was some nice. jabbing going on. And to Josh's credit on the final hole, so they play, I didn't even know this until I, it happened, but they played 12 holes in, you know, match play style. And Brady and Rodgers were one up. And Josh Allen had like a 100-foot putt to, to extend it, or it was for birdie at the time. He missed it literally by an inch. It literally sat on the edge of the cup. He almost made a 100-foot putt. was amazing. And then... I don't like Aaron Rodgers. I fucking hate Aaron Rodgers, actually, for lots of reasons. Welcome, friend. Uh, I know. You're a Detroit guy, so obviously you do, too. Um, to his credit, he he played really well. I mean, he crushed. He he had a great drive on the last hole to get it within 12 feet, and then he made a 12-foot putt to win it for, for Rodgers and Brady. So all in all, I'll say this. Rodgers carried Brady to the win. And Patrick Mahomes, dude, he, he might have been the best golfer out. Patrick Mahomes, uh, he played very well. Not so much, Josh. Whatever, though. It was fun. Exhibition golf. Again, just something to keep football at the top of the sports cycle, except for Joe Yurden. <laughs> you know, during uh, an early June. I'm I'm too old school with that stuff, man. It's like, as soon as the season's over, like, all the other stuff's done, like, free agency, draft, all that stuff is done. I'm just kind of like, all right, shut it down. <laughs> shut it down. I don't, I don't give a crap until then. Unless, you know, there's a trade or, or something else happens, like, can't you can't get me to care otas rookie OTA rookie can't get make it out of my face please i i just it's it's too much like sometimes you just need a break from stuff you know like i mean as annoying as it is with the nhl like this the nhl like free agency lasts like two or three days everybody signs for the most part right and then everybody runs to the cottage well in canada they run to the cottage they run you know they run to the beach in the u.s or they go you know hit the golf course whatever but everybody shuts it down for like a month and a half two months yeah i've noticed that from the media we ain't doing anything like just stay away don't talk to us don't reach out for comments just we're away like (laughs) summertime man take a break yeah i know i mean some fans they they just can't get enough all in all, it was pretty cool. But like I said, it was fun and don't make it anything more than yeah. than what it was. It, yeah, if, if one, people got to use it for like stuff to like yell at each other about during the season, get a, get a life. I will say, I will say Although, one thing though. Forget the golf, Joe. Forget about the golf. The fact that you have Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, two of the most famous quarterbacks in NFL history, Mahomes obviously right there, and then Josh Allen there as well. I think that does say something about Josh Allen and the the star he's becoming because there's other candidates. I mean, you could have easily had. Joey Burrow, who just led the Bengals to the Super Bowl. I mean, he, he's a big name out there. Matt Stafford just won a Super Bowl. He's certainly, name recognition-wise, he's worthy of playing. There's other 
young star quarterbacks in the league. So taking the golf aspect out of it, just having Josh Allen involved in this, I I thought that part was pretty cool. I mean, it, listen, it's good to get recognized. Like yeah. that's that's the thing. And I, you know, especially you know, locally speaking, people go nuts for that. Like getting nationally, you know, thrown in national conversations or national events like this, people go it's like, oh my God, we've we're on the scene. We're here. Like you know, it's a reason to be excited, but at the same, you know, at the same point, it's it's not a big deal. <laughs> like it's, it, it, it's not. It, 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 like it's cool, but like it's not something to run up the flagpole and be like, yeah, that's right, we got it. Like, yeah, our quarterback was in the golf thing. Okay, cool. You can relate <laughs> to the football side of this because you're a Detroit Lions fan, and I'm not saying that with sarcasm or, or saying that kind no, of stuff. No, it's 100 percent truth. But let's just say, <laughs> let's assume. Let's assume Detroit, let, or let's pretend mm-hmm. Detroit is really good in the next year or two, like really good, which is, it's not out of the realm of possibility. They got some pieces in place, but let's just, for the sake of discussion, let's say the Detroit Lions become one of the better teams in the NFL over the next few years, okay? Mm-hmm. As a fan of the team, because unlike the Bills, you are a fan of the Lions, mm-hmm. does it make you almost a little uncomfortable? Like their star quarterback's not there. It's not going to be Jared Goff, but let's just say they get a guy next year and he becomes a big star. I I personally kind of like being under the radar. I like when the Bills were on the come up. I like when the Bills were hunters, and now it feels like they're the hunted, which is a little uncomfortable for me because they haven't won anything yet, but they're still they're the Vegas betting favorite. Josh Allen is the Vegas uh, betting favorite to win MVP this year. Almost feel a little bit uneasy. Do you kind of like, like if you have it now, one thing we can relate to with the Yankees because the Yankees are, are a big market team. We're both fans. Mm-hmm. The Yankees are always are almost always among yeah. the favorites to win. Do you like kind of being a fan of that team that is always up there in the favorite? Or do you kind of like being almost like low-key and sneaking up on teams? Would you get a little bit, if you were a Bills fan, would you be a little bit uncomfortable about how much uh, the Bills are talked about right now and being the favorites and Josh and this and that? I think it, I think it's something where you just feel weird about it because it's, you know, it's, it's like wearing new shoes. Like, you know, you're, you're putting them on, you're just kind of like, all right, these feel a little weird but i gotta get used to it i gotta walk you know right. I, gotta, I gotta work them in i gotta you know this is you know the, the, this is gonna last me a few years so i gotta i gotta get used to it you know i, I and i think from my view anyways I, I certainly can't speak to experience but i think when it with bills fans like they've been the favorite now like this is gonna be like the third year running like they're the favorite in the division now obviously different being the favorite in the entire league like that's it's a bit different sure but like you know, I, I, I go back to like, you know, three years ago, two years ago, whatever it was, uh, you know, when, you know, the first year Brady was gone from New England, like that was the year it was like, okay, this is the Bills division now. People here had a hard time being like, oh, no, 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 I don't think so. I don't know. I don't think, I was like, guys, who else is going to win the division? <laughs> you, yeah. know, you know, and I know Allen wasn't like what he is now, even, you know, even then, but like he was still the best quarterback in the division. I know Belichick's there, but like, you know, whoop de do. Like it's fine. They got you know they got you know, run out Bum McGee play quarterback or Cam Newton or whoever, and like you know the Dolphins Jets stink. So like, of course they're the favorite. People are just wow. I can't believe nobody believed in them. I was like, dude, literally every magazine put them in first place. They're like, of course they're gonna like, of course they're in this position. But like, you know, not being not being the Bills fan. Like I don't you know I'm just kind of like wow. This it's surprising, but. I don't, I don't know, Pat. I, I, I come from the, the view of like, if Detroit gets to a position where they're a favorite, it's like, okay, all right, they're there. Like, you better get it done, though. Yeah. <laughs> you better take care of business or else, you know, you're going to hear all the same old jokes even more. And it's even more annoying because they are a favorite, you know. But I don't, I don't know. The Lions, the Lions have been prey. They're not the hunted nor the hunters. They're just they're easy prey. <laughs> like they're just they're they're not hunting anybody. They're not they're they're not nobody's looking to get them. They're just there to be somebody's cupcake on the schedule and to take a you know take a twenty five point beating and then see you later. That's why they're playing the Bills on Thanksgiving. <laughs> I tell you, set up to lose by thirty five. Like that's the and to show off how good the Bills are. Like that's that's what I mean when I say they're the prey. They're being put on a plate to be like here beat the shit out of these guys. <laughs> they're the they're not the hunter, they're not the hunter, they're the prey. I'll tell you this, if Detroit does beat the Bills on Thanksgiving, I might have to that week or whenever we tape next, I might have to get someone else to take your place that week cuz I don't know, I, I don't know if I'll be able to 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 uh to deal with you that week. I uh I do zero bragging. 
okay because yeah. i know what they are i do like i'm not gonna pretend i like the lions are some like you know superman team like no if the bills lose to the lions i'm just gonna the way i will play it out to you is like what happened what did what why did that happen like pat my team stinks how did your team lose to them be like if i was a jags fan last season being like how did you let that happen how does that happen like and just going over you know how dumb it was that that the bills you know lost that game no I don't know. Detroit might be okay this year and okay. Meaning they might win seven games. Like that's, that's the Detroit version of okay. is like, wow, seven games. Wow. Cool. But like, should they even hang with the bills at all? No, no, they shouldn't. They, they won't because they're prey. I, look, man, I learned my lesson last year after that Jacksonville game. I'll, I'll never take anything at all for granted when it comes to them. And one last thing about whether you're the hunter, or the hunted, we're fans of whatever teams we are, and that means F, there it is. There's the weekly uh, Joe Yurden fire sires. Anyway, I would say this. It doesn't mean shit if they're the hunter or the hunted to fans. It, mm. it, it could matter, though, if you're a player. Because if you do, it does happen. If you start to believe your own headlines a little bit too much, depending on what kind of locker room you have, what kind of leadership you have, mm. that could lead to problems when you're a favorite. What we feel, don't it means absolutely uh, jack shit, zero. Speaking of, I, I do want to talk in, in a little more serious tone here about, and we've kind of hit on this before, but I, I saw a couple tweets recently. Jordan Poyer, um, you look at the Bills right now, and they're going in the training camp, and I really, I don't see any holes. Not only do I not see holes on this roster, I don't see, because around this time of year, I usually, typically, I try to come up with some major training camp storylines, major talking points, whether it's a, a major, uh, a battle for a roster spot or a positional battle to see who's going to start or something along those lines. And there's not really much of that this year. I'd say is Trey White going to be back before week one? That's a major storyline. And then the other one is Jordan Poyer. Is this going to become a distraction because he clearly wants a new deal? I mean, that's obvious. Um, Jordan Poyer has to a, a large extent earned big money. He has been a good pillar of the community too, by the way. I mean, even, he wasn't here at OTAs because that's, again, that's the noteworthy part. He did fly in for Micah Hyde's charity softball game. He's done a lot. I don't know if he was at Jefferson or not. I can't remember. But if he wasn't, I wouldn't hold that against him because, again, he does a hell of a lot for this community. He's an asset. No denying that. But anyway, he's he's not here at OTAs. We don't know if it's going to be a distraction. And I want to put up a tweet. If you're watching this on the video side on YouTube, I'm going to put this up. If not, I'll read it. It's from Rachel Bush. Now, somebody said... Uh, tweeted at her in regards to Jordan. He's paid more than $9 million per year, and I believe he's the 12th or 13th highest paid. Why not honor his contract? Rachel tweets, she quote tweets, he's a first-team All-Pro, 12th or 13th. Those shouldn't even be in the same sentence as his name. It's not even about the money, though. It's about knowing your worth, respect. He's been there since day one when this defense took off. I shouldn't have to point out the facts, respect. On the surface, I'm like, okay, you know, that's not a bad tweet. I, I I get it to an extent, but this is not the wife of a player. This is not a wife with a hundred Twitter followers that nobody gives a shit about, right? Rachel Bush uh, on a global scale is arguably more famous than Jordan Poyer. I mean, she's got over a hundred thousand followers on Twitter, ditto on Instagram and stuff like that. So a lot of people see what she says and uh, I'm I'm trying to say this the right way. At some point, do you say, does Jordan Poyer need to go to his wife and say, listen, this is football business stuff. Please stop tweeting because it's not helping my, my cause. Because I do see, and I look through the mentions because I'm one of the few people who are not blocked by Rachel Bush. So I actually get to see the tweets and the mentions. There's a lot of football Bills fans who are, who don't like that shit, man. Who are like getting Cam Jordan, blah, 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 this and that. He talk about his age. You know, he's already under contract, this and that, or they're just negative to her. My point being is that it's tumultuous and it it feels like, what is that accomplishing? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't go, I'm not saying Jordan should go, you know, be the, he's not the boss of his wife and this and that, but maybe have a talk and say, listen, this isn't really helping my cause. I don't like these tweets. I don't think they help. And uh, this all pro thing too, by the way, do you think teams, let me start here by asking you this. I wonder if teams don't like when their players make all pros. 
Like, it's a real honor. And I'm not talking about Pro Bowl, which is mm-hmm. a bullshit popularity yeah, contest. Pro Bowl I'm stuff. talking about All Pro, like actual mm-hmm. All Pro. Do you think that teams maybe don't want their players to be All Pros because of something like this? They could be used as leverage for a new contract? Because every time Rachel Bush tweets, the word All Pro comes out, which to his credit, he is an All Pro player. And he was one of the best safeties in the NFL. He is one of the best safeties in the NFL. I just, I don't feel like either him or her tweeting about why they deserve the money and engaging with fans. I just don't feel like that's productive, man. What are your thoughts? Well, I, I look at it in their point of view. They don't, they don't care if it's productive or not. They're chasing, he's chasing a new contract. He wants, he wants a long-term deal and he wants, he wants to get paid. Like, but he ain't saying that she is. Well, I mean, do you think do you think he's going to be able to stop her from saying no it? <laughs> like do you think he can be like hey honey put the phone down should he try say that no like she'll put him outside make him sleep outside if he <laughs> says something like that. Are you kidding me like come on like but like you know uh, you know listen it, i'm one of the many thousands she has blocked for and i don't know how that happens because i've never tweeted at her or anything so it's fine i know i've been cryptically critical but like that's fine but um but i mean like she 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 makes she makes some solid points but i mean saying like he's been there since day one like that doesn't matter the past doesn't mean anything right i agree it's like oh he's been there a while like he's you don't get paid for longevity you get paid for what you're doing now which and in the now and in the really good and in the future right and you know you know Getting get him deserving to get a raise now is a hundred percent true. Like he does, you know, he's earned that. You know, him and Hyde both. Like if they don't have both of those guys back there patrolling, secondary is big trouble. Like even you know if they're missing one of those guys, it's going to be a little dicey. You know, especially because it's passing league. But, sure. Um, but like knowing full well that this is you know this is the last year of a contract for him, he wants you know he wants to get. He wants to get secured. He He's 31 get, years old. He wants to get right. that one. He wants to get paid uh, that one more big payday. Understood. Right. I understand that. And the clock's ticking too. Like football careers are not long. You know, like 31 guys are already looking at him going like, I know Shamey's so old, like, you know, I, which is not a, you know, it's not a fair way to look at it, but that's how it's viewed. You know, the, the prime age now for guys is like in the NFL is like what, 25, 26. You know, that, that's often viewed as like being like the peak years. And I know NFL years are a little skewed because guys can't come out till they're, jun- you know, after junior year of college, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, three years, um, they got to be in school for three years, but yeah. Right. So, uh, you know, I, I, I get it. Like the clock's kind of taken to get paid. And, you know, you're looking at a year where like you're going to be laying it all on the line, looking to go to the Super Bowl, looking to win a Super Bowl. And you're looking to get extended, looking to get paid. And like if the, you know, the home team, if the team you're with isn't going to, isn't actively trying to do that, then, you know, you got to do something to rattle the cage. And, you know, if George's not going to do it, she's definitely going to do it. So, you know, but like the bills know that that's part of the, they know that's part of the package. Like you sign Jordan Poyer, you know, you're getting Rachel Bush along, along for the ride, which, you know, Hey, good or bad. Like that's how that's going to work for him. But, you know, um, it's not like the bills are flying blind into this. They know what they're dealing with, but at the same point, Poyer's, Poyer, Poyer's earned a new, juicier contract. At least, you know, for maybe for the next two, you know, three, maybe the next three, four years tops. Like yeah. I think that's, I think that's about fair for it. And you know, NFL contracts are a joke, anyways. But like, um, but yeah, he's earned it. I mean, he's earned it. He deserves. He deserves it. But like, I don't, I don't know if that's going to happen here because let's face it, it's a lot of other dudes making a lot of money on the Bills roster, and he doesn't rank out as one of those guys. Like. Allen's number one. What Von Miller's number two now? Like Stefan Diggs is right there. Like, you know, it's not just about being on the defense. It's about, you know, the whole package and yeah. the whole team. Like, you know, listen, Allen's Allen's contract's got his cap. It's going to eat up what one quarter, one fifth of like what the cap is, something like that. Like, that's it's a lot of money. It's it's a tricky situation because not even the guys who already are paid, the guys who you have to make decisions. On, it's not that easy. Does Jordan Poyer deserve a contract? Does he deserve a raise? Sure. Here's the problem, though. You are up against the cap in some regards, even with the cap going up because of some of the guys you just said. You also got to make decisions on Ed Oliver long-term. 
You got to make decisions on Dawson Knox long-term. You got to make a decision if you want Jermaine Edmonds here beyond this year long-term. So it's not that simple. And I I'll, I will give Rachel Bush credit for this. I'll say this. And whether you love Rachel Bush, whether you're uh, you know, one of these thirsty dudes out, out there on Twitter that just worship her, whether you're one of these chicks that they they just they want to be her, whether you love her, whether you hate her, it does not matter. I will give her credit. I it's not what she's saying ain't wrong. I don't disagree with what she's tweeting. I just don't know that that helps. And my concern, the one thing, there's two things that could bring this team down. Injuries, obviously, would you could say that for any team in any sport. And off-field shit that you don't need in your life. The, the distractions that might creep into the locker room. Does this if he does if he's told he's got to play this year out, and then we'll see what we could do. Is that going to be a distraction? After Trey White's knee, to me, that might be the second biggest storyline going into the summer and in the, in the camp. I uh if Rachel Bush is able to use social media to become an even bigger distraction than Cole Beasley was last year, that's uh, that's a hell of an accomplishment yeah. because that, I mean, listen, you know, the, you know, from the COVID stuff, like all the way through the whole season, you know, with the nonsense, sure, just, you know, just everything, you know, every other week, well, he's even, out a, a even terrible song and complaining about shit. Like even beyond her though, you know, Joe, even beyond her, let's just say Jordan eventually gets uh, vocal about it. Forget mm -hmm. Rachel for a second. Forget Jordan gets vocal or, or or let's pretend he does. Or let's say Drew Rosenhaus, who we literally just hired the day that Stefan Diggs um, signed his big extension. Let's say he starts putting shit out there and getting vocal about it. I'm worried about the distraction aspect, not just so much from Rachel. Because yeah. I, I, I get what you're saying when it comes to her and Twitter. It's like, all right, she's got your following, but whatever. Yeah. Not that big of a deal, but. I I think Rosen Rosenhaus is more the guy you got to worry about because he's sure. he's he's a lot more savvy. Mm -hmm. Okay, he's not going to tweet about it. He's going to get it to some insider and somebody sure. you know somebody from within is you know whether it's somebody at, you know at NFL.com or like what you know ESPN or whatever advise somebody them to hold out. Yeah, right. Like that that story will will find its way out there if he's unhappy or if he's going to hold out or if he's going to do it. You know any of this stuff like. That's how Rosenhaus handles it. He's di he's a different guy than what he was back in the day when he was very, you know, big brash. You know, he wanted the spotlight as the agent, but like he didn't need to do that now. He's 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 very set in his career, but he's getting he's getting guys paid now. So um, so he's paid to take care of that from the ways that he knows how to do it. So uh that's the guy I would be more concerned about getting loud about things. And like his version of loud is not direct, it's indirect. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, I'm back. Casual Friday, Jill Yurden. Switching to the hockey side for a few minutes here. I... I'll be the first to admit this. I watched the Sabres. Well, I watched the Sabres a lot this year. You know, from last year's show, they were unwatchable. I hated their, despised them. So I didn't watch them much over the last handful of years. But I watch Sabre games. I follow them at least. Um, I don't follow the league as a whole all that much. When the Sabres aren't in the playoffs, which is 10 years running, I barely ever watched hockey playoffs. And I've said this many times. Um, I've admitted it. The Edmonton Oilers are an exception, though. And I don't know a lot about their team. I know, obviously, three or four players. That's it. But I'm going to tell you right now, this hockey team 
is fucking fun to watch, man. It is incredible to watch them. I've, I've watched maybe, I don't know, three or four of their games already, including game one, um, when they scored, what, four goals and kind of semi got blown out. They are a fun, exciting hockey team to watch. I don't know if true hockey fans or true hockey people like, say, yourself, I don't know if you like it. I don't know if you find six, five, eight, six, uh, you know, five, four games every single uh, night they play. I don't know how you feel about that. If you find that entertaining, but for me, man, they've been fun as hell to watch. Uh, I grew up becoming a hockey fan around, I think I was about five or six when I, when I started watching and getting into it. And the reason I did was because the Edmonton Oilers with Gretzky and Messier and Curry and coffee and all those guys, they were, they were, they were a three ring circus of offense. Me too. And they scored, you know, eight, seven, eight, nine goals a game pretty routinely, you know, different league back then. It was, you know, it was a much faster pace. It was much more violent. The goalies were not as good, you know, all that stuff, all that stuff that people use the dog on Gretzky for not being the greatest of all time. Please, please. You can take away all of Gretzky's goals that he scored in his career. And he would still be the all time leading scorer. It's crazy. Like, Everybody relax when it comes to that stuff, but this kind of this kind of hockey man can't get enough of it, right? Because it's it's goals are. This is the thing that maybe the NHL will finally get through their thick skulls when it comes to this. Goals are what sells. Offense is what sells. Defense does not sell. Defense wins championship. Big friggin' deal. No one cares to watch guys block shots and you know just make it boring. Goals sell like. You know, I was out with a with a handful of uh, you know NHL pals the other night watching Game One, and we're just like, you know, we're all joking like, ah, ha, ha, this will be like a seven six game, ha ha ha. <laughs> we weren't we weren't very far off, no. Nope. Uh, you know, but like somebody scores like two minutes in, and like you know we you know we do a you know game winning goal pool with a bunch of us where it's you know you pick a bunch of names and if the you know whatever guy scores the game winning goal you win. Yeah, that's how that's how it works. So. Uh, so like somebody leads off scoring and I think Evander Kane got the first goal and, you know, one buddy's like, all right, let's keep it there. And I'm like, that's going to last two minutes. And then sure enough, JT Comfer scores like two, three minutes later and it's one, one. It's like, yep, well there, there goes that. Now, of course the same guy had Comfer on his list too. So he was good. He's like, all right, all right. Kane get the next one or Comfer get the next one. We're good. We kept doing this the entire night after every goal was just like, all right, hold it there. I want that guy. Like it's, it's the, it's that kind of like thing with this, with this, Siri, it's going to be like this because both teams play super fast. Both teams' goaltenders are questionable. I mean, Kemper's hurt now for Colorado. Mike Smith is a I, – I love Mike Smith. I don't, lo- I don't love him because he's a great goalie. I love him because, he, you know, this is how his games go. Like, you don't know what you're going to get from him. Like, you know, maybe he's going to slash some guy in the ankles. Maybe he's going to start a fight. Maybe he's going to – you know, maybe he's going to give up five goals in the first period and get chased. <laughs> Who knows? You, you might get all these things in one game, but like, I know one thing: you can't, you can't rely on them to to keep the door closed the whole game. So maybe you are gonna have a seven six game every game, and like these offenses, you very well might. Like it's, you know, questionable goaltending and great offense. That's gonna be a good time, man. I'm here for it, man. I love it. It's fun. Now on the other side, Tampa lost game one to the Rangers on uh, on Wednesday night. This might be the minority opinion for uh, Buffalo area, for Sabre fans. I actually want the Rangers to win this series. I, Interesting. Well, it's no, not, I know why you. Well, exactly. Why. You do know why. And, I'll, and, if you, and if you're listening or watching, let me tell you why. Again, it's not the team itself. I got no problem with the Tampa Bay Lightning. I just, I hate this fan base in this whole region. <laughs> so much with such a passion they are the fucking worst fans in all of sports and i truly i seriously honestly mean that shit they are fucking terrible now the lightning fans of their various teams is probably the best fan base because their team's always good by the way i'd like to see when they're not good where the fuck were these fans you know but anyway it's just that whole region and city in general because we've talked about this before their teams are all good and it don't matter the Rays contend for a World Series every year, and you got eight thousand fans, and they'll leave in the seventh inning of a close game because the bar down the street is open, and they're only serving food to ten thirty or whatever. 
so they get out in the seventh inning. You got the Tampa Bay Bucks. You go to that stadium, and fans fucking, it could be a one-score game, a divisional game against the Saints, and fans will leave halfway through the fourth quarter so they can be traffic and get out of the area quicker. Shitty fan base don't deserve any more championships. They become the new Boston to me. Well, almost the new Boston. I'll always hate Boston the most. I was gonna say, I'm so, fuck that. I don't. I know Sabres fans don't like the Rangers. I know the Rangers fans are talking a lot of shit about the Jack Eichel stuff. Mm. I don't care. I want the Tampa Bay Lightning to lose because I don't want their fans that to enjoy another championship. That's simple as that, man. Yeah, I, I I know some people were surprised that the Rangers were able to take Game One six to two. You know, you know everybody talked up Vasilevsky, the Tampa goalie, mm-hmm. after you know he shuts down Florida. I mean, he gave up more goals in Game One to the Rangers than he did to Florida the entire four game series. So, but like they've been off for what two weeks? It feels like <laughs> since they swept Florida. Yeah. Like, of course they're going to be rusty going like, going on the road playing Game One after having not played for like a week. Right. Yeah, it's fine. Like you know. Tampa and five, Tampa and six. Yeah, that's, I was gonna say that's, I, that's how I that's how I feel like that's gonna go because right, you know, Tampa, you just a team's impossible to kill. The Leafs came the closest to killing them, and they still couldn't put them away. I agree. I agree. I hope you're wrong though. <laughs> I, again, <laughs> I just I don't want them to. I don't want their fans to get to experience another uh, major sports championship. Fuck. I'll them. say this though: if they win three in a row, like the funny thing is, like nobody's really talking them up. At least not that I've noticed anyways about, you know, dynastic purposes. Yeah. They're kind of like, like the Spurs and the NBA used to be. A little bit. A little bit. I mean, you I don't know if, how many remember they were they were in the cup final back in 2015. Yeah. I mean, they lost to, they lost to Chicago that year, but I mean, you know, Pittsburgh won back to back in 17 and 18 and then bef- the the only other team to win back to back before that was the Red Wings in 97 and 98. Right. I don't know the last time a team's won three in a row. Uh, it's probably the Canadiens at some point. I would imagine like that's that's usually how these these things go with with the NHL. But if they pull that off, man, and given the circumstances with all three years, you know, the bubble the first year, mm-hmm. uh, the bubble playoff the first year, the 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 shortened schedule last year, the, you know, all the COVID shit last year, and then a full weird schedule this year, you know, play they're you know they might be playing into the beginning of July. No, no, they won't be. Be close, be close. Like they'll be playing to the very end of June, anyways. Yeah. Like. That's I don't know, man. Like that's that's three really different, difficult seasons. And if they pull it off, that's respect. That's full respect. That's full, full, full full on respect. I I say the Spurs because I feel like the Spurs are racking up championships like in hockey, even though the Lightning are consistently right there or literally winning championships. You still talk about the star players and a couple other things Mm -hmm. like we're in the NBA when the Spurs were winning all these championships and were always there. It was still about the Lakers and LeBron. You know, meanwhile, this the the Spurs were just going about uh, doing it. I, I, again, I, I respect the franchise a lot. I just I hate their fans. I hate all Tampa fans. You're, you're the worst. Um, <laughs> one more thing, then we're gonna get to our draft. This is Saber news. Um, they signed to a three year entry contract. Uh, Isaac Rosen was a first round pick last year. A three year entry deal. He's the 14th overall pick in last year's draft. I'm looking this up because I obviously don't know this. Uh, he had all two goals, two assists, 28 games with uh, Lexandis, the senior team. I don't know, know what the hell that is. I know it's got to yeah. do, do with Lex Sweden. Sands. Now, listen, I know that you'll be, you and Lance on Maintenance Day Podcast, you guys will be breaking this down a lot. I'm sure mm-hmm. him over the coming weeks and months, stuff like that. Just for fans right now listening who don't know shit about the dude, just tell us a little about the guy and the expectation. Now that he's signed with Buffalo, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm assuming he's going to end up in Rochester this coming season like what are your thoughts on this yeah I, first off I, so i don't get screamed at by people on long island yeah the islanders are the last team to win more than three in a row they went four in a row in the 80s and then got unseated by the oilers but then montreal won four in a row before that so anyway <laughs> isaac, isaac rosie i had to say that because islanders fans come out of the woodwork whenever you sure whenever you you know disrespect them for whatever reason <laughs> so i just wanted to make sure no one from from melville came and got me so uh let's ron Conkama, stay away please uh isaac isaac rosine he had a very fascinating season this year in sweden um he was you know he's playing for lexans and he didn't get a lot of ice time like he played i think it was 27 games i think in total um if I'm not mistaken, I, I looked over these numbers just recently, but he did not get a ton of ice time this year with the senior team. Now, granted, you know, he's 18, 19 years old playing, playing in the men's league. That can be tough. Um, 
but usually after you've been drafted into the NHL, you tend to get a little bit more ice time. You get a little bit more play time. It's like, oh, hey, you, 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 okay, you're recognized as being really good. So, you know, let's give you some of that ice time, make it work. It didn't really happen there. And so that's frustrating. Like that's, that's very frustrating from the, you know, development side of things for the Sabres because, you know, why, why else is he playing in Sweden other than to play, you know, to play games? I mean, if he's not going to play there, loan him to a team that he's got to play for or put him back with the junior team for, you know, the Lexans junior team for, for the season, just get him, just get him ice time, get him games, do whatever. That didn't really happen this year. And this contract, like he's got a, one more year left on his deal with Lexans, but he's going to be in camp. Uh, I think the report came from Sweden today. Alexander Nilsson, it was shared this on Twitter uh, from a story in Sweden, but um, he's going to be in Sabres camp this year. He's going to try for a spot on the team. Probably not going to get a spot on the Sabres unless he just absolutely blows the doors off everybody in camp, which I can't see happening, but hey, hey if it happens, great, good problem to have. Right. But uh, if he doesn't, you know, if, when he doesn't make the Sabres, he'll have the option. Sabres can have him play. Like he'll have the option to play in Rochester, which I have to imagine that's the option the team wants to take because how do you trust how do you trust the team in Sweden to play him again when you didn't you barely played him this season? I like I I at that point I say you know when it comes to development, like the big reason you take a lot of European guys is because well, A, you have the rights for a while, but B, you, your your development is hands off. They're gonna play, you know, big you know, big men's games over there. So, you know, that's great. You know, your, your scouts and your team people will keep an eye on them from afar and they'll, you know, they'll go over there occasionally to, to, to watch them play and talk to them and see how things are going. But I wouldn't put any faith in them to, to do, to do right by him again, because look what happened. You know, I mean, it's, it's almost, it's not a fully lost year, but it's not a year where he got to really hone things in and, and work on it. So, you know, I have to imagine that, they they're gonna want to keep him in Rochester. It, it's very hard to have that faith to, to to let him play over there again. But we'll see. You know, there, there's a lot. There's a lot of speed. There's some speed there. There's some skill. He's got a good shot. Just what you need from from a winger uh, in this. In you know that you're drafting from abroad. Like that was it's, it was a nice pickup. It was a little bit of a surprise pick. You know, at 14 in the draft last year. I mean, it's 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 fine, but. You know, listen, you, you get past about 10, things can get a little, can get weird anyways. But um, it's not like they went off the board big time to pick them. Like, they did not do that. But it was just kind of like, oh, okay. I didn't think that was not a guy I thought they would go for. But um, but I would not, you know, I, again, you know, maybe Ke yeah, Kevin Adams, I hope, knows better. <laughs> if, he, if he doesn't know better than me, then, like, we're, we're in trouble. But, uh, but Kevin Adams knows better. And, like, I don't know if I would trust. I don't know if I, I don't know that I would trust to have him go back to Sweden and knowing how it went this past. Now you got to give him a role though in Rochester. Like he's not going to be no fourth line oh, guy. Yeah. Like if he's going to go to Rochester, he's going to have to rack up significant yeah. minutes, which I think with Quinn definitely being in Buffalo next year and quite possibly Paterka as well. I mean, there's the opportunity for him to be on one of those, like say a top six uh, forward in Rochester. I mean, for him to play there, he's going to need to get like significant playing time there. Right. Yeah, and you know they they're gonna have the Russian kid Kisikov over here as well, uh, who they took last season. Yeah, they took him last season. So I mean, that's two guys they could have from last year's draft playing over here next year. You know, first year in in North America, which you know, listen, that's 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 a big step up. I mean, Paterka sure. Paterka's you know kind of out of the norm for for guys that that come over in their first year. Sometimes there's a little bit of a struggle uh, to you know to adjust to fit into you know all that stuff, but. I mean, that kid did it flawlessly. I mean, you know, you're talking a point over a point a game in the AHL in your first year there. That's really impressive. So if, if Rosine and Kisikov can do that, that's, you know, that, that would be very impressive, very unexpected, I would say as well. Um, but, you know, looking ahead at what Rochester's lineup might be next year, listen, once Quinn and Paterka graduate, there's not a ton of forwards. Yeah immediately ready behind them like that's you know most of these guys are either still in college or they're playing abroad or you know they're or they're staying in junior for another year like that there's nobody that's going to be coming immediately right away you know the the kid they just signed olivia uh nadeau uh who's playing in quebec he has to stay in quebec for one more year he's 19. that's part of the chl deal like 
kind of stinks, but like at the same point, yeah, you get it. But, um, but yeah, and same for uh, same for Bloom, uh, the other kid they signed, you know, the, the other kid they drafted last year that they signed. Like he's got to stay, he's got to stay in Saginaw. I think he's he was playing at Saginaw. Um, like they have to stay in junior for one more year. Fine. Okay. But like once their junior season's over, they they're you know they'll come over to Rochester. Now if the teams make the playoffs, you know whatever, you got to wait a little bit longer. But like they'll come over, be available at least to practice. And if their season ends really soon, maybe they could play a little bit at the end of the year. Who knows? But um, Rocha's roster could be a little bit tricky. I know they don't want to fill it out with lots of, you know, free agent types, but might have to. But, like, I think that's why you sign Rosine. I think that's why you bring Kisikov over. I think that's that's why you, you do that. So you have some people right by you that you can watch and keep a close eye on to develop them. Well, I look forward to you and Lance talking more in depth about this signing and how it might work with uh... – Rochester on maintenance day. Let's get to our starting five. Well, first we'll recap last week. So we did TV villains and this was not close at all. Joe won convincingly 72% to 28%. Let me recap uh, the rosters. Joe took Joffrey Baratheon, Gustavo Fring, Marlo Stanfield, Ramsey Bolton, and Walter White. I went with Livia Soprano, J.R. Ewing, Clay Morrow, Cersei Lannister, Mr. Burns, uh, let me say this. You got the W and it was an earned W. I'm not going to sit here and complain like I do a lot when I lose because I get plenty of opportunities to complain about it. I'm not going to sit here and complain that I lost. I don't think this poll should have been that close. This wasn't one of those, exactly. in my opinion. Wait, that close or that? I mean, that that, that much of a blowout. Okay. It should have been closer. I was, I was, like, I was like, whoa, right. whoa, whoa. Exactly. You know. I, sometimes it just looks so glaringly obvious. And I do think you had the better team. I'm not going to, I can't deny that. I do have a couple of regrets that maybe would have made it closer. Um, J.R. Ewing did not resonate whatsoever with people as I worried about when I made that pick. And um, Clay Merle, for whatever reason, he didn't resonate as much as I thought he would either. And also, and this was a mistake on my end, I, I should have taken Littlefinger if I was going to go to Game of Thrones, I think over Cersei Lannister. Although, like I said last week, Cersei Lannister is somebody who literally was willing to have her entire city destroyed and killed. Right. Um, she, she bangs her brother and, and tried to kill her other brother many times. I mean, I don't know how much more of a TV villain you can get than that. Maybe, if anything, I should have drafted both of them and we could have had after this draft be, <laughs> just, be just Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones villain off, right? Villain off, exactly. <laughs> but I, I, I can't, as much as I would like to sit here and bitch and moan, I, I can't take it away from you. You definitely... You drafted well, and you got a much deserved W. I uh, listen. I this, I would usually take these moments to gloat, but I really liked your. I liked all your picks, honestly. That was you a know, good draft. I, it was. It was great. That was a great one. I'm just. I don't know. Maybe it's like the week before where it was just kind of like, how does you know how does this turn into a blowout? Right. And and it does, and it's just kind of like, all, all right, like whatever. But like, I, I'll give us credit. I didn't get a lot. I I don't think I maybe saw one person, and maybe they were memeing because they listened to the podcast but they were just like oh well you got joffrey so that was it i picked that i was like couple of those come on yeah but i want to believe i want to believe that's people that listen listen to the podcast and were just like watch this if you didn't (laughs) listen last week joe had a nice little rant about that joe doesn't like when when and he's right when you look at a roster of 10 people total and somebody sees one person and they vote on you just because of, of one person we're back to our, our contest not really being close. I'm taking a quick look. And for the record, you're up 29 to 15, which by the way, we've been doing this for 44 weeks, man. Um, Joe's almost lapped me, but I'm looking at, I'm looking at the recent ones, like the recent ones you've won TV villains, MCU movies, uh, and 80 sitcoms. Those were your last three W's 72%, 74% and 86% blowouts. And then the last two or the last three that I've won, which again, they have not been as recent uh, rock band frontman uh, first name, Chris, which was a dumb draft. We both admitted that and 90 sitcoms, but anyway, 75%, 63%, 68%. The last really close ones we've had were TV game shows, which you won and uh Beatles songs, which was, I won that literally by one point. Mm-hmm. So yeah, our our drafts tend to go one way or the other for the other person. We're off Blowout in the city. Yeah, that's I, I, that's kind of a bummer. Yeah. I, I'd love to, like to be closer. Yeah. Well, but, let's see if uh, 
we'll see if this we'll, we'll see if this week changes we'll, things around. we'll see if this week changes this one is a wide open one i want to go with something that's very uh wide open to interpretation we're mm -hmm. doing best duels and i mean this could be literally anything uh cartoons movies tv sports they have to be food. characters though right oh the foods foods involved too sure Okay. Anything, as, I guess it could be a duel. A little bit. I don't. Yeah, I think right. so. I, anything, anything that's a okay. Yeah, anything that's a duel. Two things okay. to me, a duel are things that go together. Okay. So, and no, 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 no listen, I'm, that that's fine. I just I was not good. I had food in the back of my mind, but I was like, I had, maybe he just means characters. But advantage, Patrick. I need it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna start fucking Listen, cheating. if I can't think of five food duos off the top of my head, then <laughs> well, it could be I, anything. I got a problem, right? Um, all right, so who, uh, oh, yeah, you had Joffrey. So I get to go first here. Um, I have this at the top of my list. Uh, well, some of these really don't require a lot of uh detail and explanation. Batman and Robin, okay, that, that's gonna be my top overall pick. Dynamic duo, the Cape Crusaders. I grew up watching the TV show in syndication because, I mean, it was on before I was born. It was it was probably my favorite TV show as a kid. I remember having a Batman and Robin alarm clock, which was really dumb, that my mom had on my dresser. It used to wake me up every morning to their sound, and I, I did not like it. But, yeah, man, I'm not going to overanalyze it. For me, it's Batman and Robin. So you're going to have yeah. two here. Yeah. that I, Listen, that's, that's as good as it gets right there. Mm -hmm. Batman and Robin, inarguable, great duo. The, the dynamic duo, if you will. Um, see, now the food thing's thrown me off because now it's like, I think there's, I think there's food stuff that, that, that can almost go too well, but you don't want to go heavy on food because then people will be like, well, you forgot about blank. So I'm going to split the difference here. Okay. Bert and Ernie. Fuck. That was my second pick. Sesame Street. <laughs> like, like, again, yeah. in, in, you know, you don't need to explain Burton Ernie. No. Everybody loves Burton Ernie. The it's staple great. of Sesame Street. Absolutely. Exactly. They were number two on my big board, by the way. Exactly. Uh, and then, listen, does it get any more basic than salt and pepper? <laughs> no, it don't. Like, I don't think I don't think it gets any more basic than salt and pepper. Not not the rap duo salt and pepper. Right. But salt and pepper. Salt so I just want I just want to clarify just in case that, that gets lost. But yes, the seasonings. Salt and pepper. Okay. Okay. Good ones. All right. Well, Bernard <laughs> Ernie was number two. I am going to go, and this is something that's personal for me. I don't know how well this will resonate, but for me, uh -oh. it's my literal favorite thing, and it's a food thing, Ben and Jerry's. Nice. It's it's like I, I, I can't stop eating Ben and Jerry's ice cream. I've become well-known amongst my friends on, on social media, especially Facebook. I have a pint or two of it a week, and I always say this is my last one for going on a diet. I take a picture of it and I eat it and I end up gaining three pounds at the end of the next week before I say I'm going to go on a diet again. I couldn't do a best duels and not have Ben and Jerry's. If it cost me, so be it. And then the other one, I, I guess I'm back into how well will this resonate territory with younger people, mm -hmm. but I'm going to stay true uh -oh. to my board. I think I know where you're because, going. Because, uh, no, I don't. I don't think you know. Because I got a couple of that here. I'm going to go with true. Cheech and Chong. Cheech and Chong, oh, okay. man. That's, um, that's, that's what I'm saying. They, they were a great duo. They did seven movies together. Always, obviously, stoned. Uh, Up in Smoke. I love that movie. Things that are tough all over. Love that movie, too. So, again, I don't know how this plays with fans. But Cheech and Chong, man, that's a, that's a good duo. I feel comfortable taking them. So, there's my two. Ben and Jerry's Cheech and Chong. That, those are solid. That's um, You can't complain about them uh <laughs> there's so many when you open it up to anything right. there's so many to choose from which i think might right. bring an interaction for people saying well why do why the hell didn't you whatever take this or that yeah um i think i have to do uh well if you're gonna take one old older set i'm gonna take another old don't do set don't do oh, uh simon garfunkel okay good good i didn't that wasn't <laughs> what i was thinking of but very good Love Simon uh, and Garfunkel, man. Yeah, I love them. Like that's it's classic. It's classic. It's it's you know, it. Paul Simon had an unbelievable solo career, but you still always think Simon and Garfunkel. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and now, <laughs> now to keep things sort of balanced out, uh, Mario and Luigi. 
Okay. Mario Brothers. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think I need to explain the Mario Brothers no. to anybody. Uh, so, yeah. So, we go there with that. All right. I got two more here. The first one was, and by the way, let me comment on Simon and Garfunkel. Here's a hot take. I think they're as great as songwriters in a duel musically as anyone ever. I, I wow. love them. Okay. I went to, in Florida, I saw a Simon and Garfunkel tribute. It was fucking phenomenal. I love their music, man. Bridge Over Trouble Water is still, to my day, one of the favorite songs ever. Absolutely mm -hmm. love Simon and Garfunkel. Good pick. Um, I'm going to stay with music. A little more modern, but not that much more modern. I was hoping you weren't going to take them because I would have been so mad because I wanted to pick them over Cheech and Chong, but I ended up getting them both. Hall and Oates. Oh, nice. I love Hall and Oates. They've been around since 1970. 29 top 40 U.S. singles, 16 U.S. top 10 singles. One of my favorite groups ever, especially, obviously, in the 80s. All right, so now we're down to the last one here. Um, let's see. I've already got one food. <laughs> I'm looking, trying to like you and trying to keep it balanced a little bit as well. Oh, God. Um, There's you know, too many to choose from. There really is. We're going to get yelled at a lot afterward. Why didn't you pick blank? I, I agree 100%. I am going to go, God, this is tough. I, I thought this was going to be easy. Um, hmm. I, I'm legitimately torn right now. Not that it might not even matter. Um, you know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to go Wayne and Garth. Nice. Wayne and Garth. I, I, I'm a, that <laughs> you, you, you. What, I should put Wayne and you're, Garth. You're, you're 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 scattered. You're scatterbrained on this one. Wayne just... and Garth hashtag buyer's remorse already. I didn't even finish getting those two words out. But listen, man, they were great on Saturday Night Live. That that those skits were awesome, and then they made two huge Wayne's World movies. There's better ones though. Fuck. Mm -hmm. Whatever. All right. <laughs> uh, so you left me a lot of lot of choices. Yeah, it's probably hard there's... for you only because there's yes. so many to choose from. Listen, I gotta, I gotta think about this because I gotta. I looking over my list here. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> which way do I go with this? Like, this is like, if you're not watching the video, I'm took. I ta I've taken my glasses off, and now I'm just like, okay, <laughs> how do I go about this? Because there's, there's too many. Like, there's, there's way too many. I got a handful that I'm gonna read off afterwards that I at least were in contention that I did not take because I wrote down more than ten. You know, this one's, this one's a little, this one's a bit newer. Go ahead. Come on, blow it here. I need to get back no, in. I don't this. know if it's going to be blowing it, but like, there's so many, like people are going to be coming up with lists of 20 that are going to be better than, than our five. I agree like, with that. I like do that. agree. I think the consensus is everyone who's going to, not everyone, but a lot of people are going to say they could draft a free agent team that's better than either of our lists. I do agree with that. Yeah. Um, You know what? Let's let's okay. Let's fuck around a little bit. Uh, Rick and Morty. Okay, <laughs> they're on you my know, list of, of I possibilities. Was, I was because like, listen, there are there's a thousand duos from like before 1960 mm -hmm. that you could do like that are instant like classic all time duos. But how often are you thinking about them? Unless you're asking. Who are the best duos? Right. You know, like that's, that's the thing because, you know, I'm listen, some of the, like I, the, the first few names I know we're going to get thrown at us. I, now I've already made my pick, but like, we're going to get Mulder and Scully thrown at us more recent. Sure. Uh, Abbott and Costello. Yep. They were the graphic on this, on the thing that I think right. of us picked them. Laurel and Hardy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fred Astaire, Ginger Rogers, sure. like, I mean, geez, we could just do a classic age duo. Absolutely. And they hate Ruth and Gehrig. Like, you, know, you could get into all kinds of stuff there. Sports, like, Jordan Pippen. Right. You know, Jordan Pippen, like bird and magic. Like, yeah. I mean, they weren't really a duo, but like sort of were though. I mean, mention, you know, you mentioned one, you're probably together, the other right? One. They're together. Right. That's what it is. And, you know, like just all this stuff where it's just kind of like pick, go ahead. Good luck. Pick two, like Mickey and Minnie, like, uh, okay. Could have picked that or, you know, it's too many. Let me give you a couple that I really pondered over on um, the one at the end where I took Wayne and Garth. I almost went with peanut butter and jelly. That, that was pretty, uh, I, it's pretty standard I one. Okay there. Um, I considered, and they're on my list here, my short list of like honorable mentions, the blues brothers. 
Um, Beavis and Butthead, the MTV generation, mm-hmm. I strongly considered mm-hmm. that. Uh, yep. Want to go back to food, spaghetti and meatballs. Yeah. Um, Maybe a little bit older TV show, but I liked it actually. Laverne and Shirley, uh, yeah. Thelma and Louise, mm-hmm. Sherlock Holmes and, and Watson. That, that was those were names that were on my short list. That uh, get together like peas and carrots. <laughs> I at least consider that. All right, so let me go back here and I will read off uh, our, our draft. So to recap, I took Batman and Robin, Ben and Jerry's, Cheech and Chong, Hall and Oates. Wayne and Garth. Joe took Bert and Ernie, Salt and Pepper, not the group. (laughs) Simon and Garfunkel, Mario and Luigi, Rick and Morty. I'll tell you. We're going to get yelled at a lot. That's my prediction. I don't know who's going to win. We're going to get screamed at. This might be (laughs) 51-49. This might be 85-15. Either of us can win with 85%. I do predict as well. I do predict that the majority of interaction is going to be that we both suck. Yes. Listen, if you put that as an option, I could come up with a better five. That would win with probably 95%. I agree to 100%. (laughs) You know what doesn't suck, though? And what a great segue to plug your pod. Maintenance Day podcast every Monday. Joe Yurden, Lance Lazowski. Much better hockey talk than you're going to get on here. At least... Um, because you got two guys going who know what the fuck they're talking about, <laughs> as opposed to me who's just asking Joe and then shutting up for five, ten minutes at a time. But uh, <laughs> thanks as always for doing the pod, man. Love you, buddy. Love you too, pal. It's uh, it's always a good time. And here's the hope that we don't get killed in the polls. <laughs>